Father God, we just thank you for this time that we get to partake in your word. Your word is life, that it'll be life to us, Lord God. I pray for all the words spoken here, that they will be uh, words that matter to people's hearts and that they will receive something from you, Lord God. And that everything that people receive will be from you and not from this channel, but from you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, death and gravity. We're having a coffee, a beer after work at the end of the week. It had been a tough week in the office for both of them. Death was sitting there moaning to gravity. Just hate my job. No one likes me. Everyone's upset whenever I'm around. You know, I just never get any respect. It's just, it's really tough, you know. Gravity, just, mate, dude, I understand exactly how you feel. Everywhere I go, I get people down. Gravity jokes, they always get you down, I get it. When we think about strange things like gravity and like death, we get a sense of permanence or a sense that these things are very real. They're things that matter. They're things that um, have a, a connection to us regardless whether, whether it's something we want or not. It's just something that just happens. And I don't know if this little thing is working. It is on. Can I get the next? Oh, here we go. Um, so there are laws like gravity, like death, that are at work on us, regardless of our consciousness of them, regardless of whether we care to think about them or not. And I'm talking about, you know, physical laws, not man-made laws. You know, there are a lot of new laws of late around, you know, mask wearing and social distancing and all these sorts of things. And what some of us have discovered is you can bend some of these laws and you don't die. Others in the same room go, you're definitely going to die. And so there's this conflict between the two on these newly invented laws. Us as humans, we're not really thrilled about it. If we didn't know that they existed, we'd probably survive. I'm not talking about those kind of laws. I'm talking about the laws which have a work on us regardless of our knowledge of them. And there's a few that came to mind. One of them is uh, the law of gravity. Now, I'm no physicist, but I thought, what is this law of gravity? Apparently, gravity is the force, one, which equals force two, which equals the gravitational constant times the mass of the first body times the mass of the second body divided by R squared. Whatever all that means. And you'll love this one. The gravitational constant, the gravitational constant is equal to 6.674 times 10 to the minus 11th mass, is that cubed, um, kilograms to the minus one times S to the minus two. You got that? I got that too. I was like, yeah, pff, yeah, I know. I did that yesterday, you know. Regardless of whether we know this, it doesn't matter. It works on our lives, right? We don't need to know the science. We just know that it has an impact on us every single day. Every time you get out of bed, your feet hit the floor, thanks to gravity. You know, you're not floating off in the space. It's there and it works and it's permanent in its impact on our lives. There are other laws which are maybe more common, everyone understands or seen, at least in sort of 
you know, science-y, you know, comedy form, E equals MC squared. That's probably the only formula that anyone in New York can say in the street. Hey, what's a law of science? They'll say, oh, E equals MC squared. What's it mean? No idea. It's just a, a law I saw on a T-shirt once. Uh, it's the, um, the mass equivalence in special relativity by Albert Einstein, and it's relativistic energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. Whatever that means. Speed of light, for those who are following along and taking notes, equals uh, 300 million metres per second. That's really fast. I, was, I saw that number on the page, and I'm going, that's a really big number. That's really powerful, you know? Having said all this, it has an impact on our lives, even if we're unaware of it, okay? So I've got a little symbol of an atom there, which will always be on all of our pages, just for a, an anchor for your mind when you think about what we spoke about this, this week. You go, there's something about atoms, something that has a permanent effect on us, even if we're unaware of it. So just hang on to that, okay? So there are spiritual laws, you know, that, you know, we're talking about, I guess, physical laws, but there are lots of spiritual laws as well. And whenever we talk in church about law, people's necks bristle on the back of their necks. A bit like the same argument that happens between people who are for masks and vaccination and those who are against masks and vaccination, which you may or may not be aware of or may or may not be in one of those two camps or denying there is a thing. I don't know. But people bristle when they talk about laws, particularly in church. Some people are like, well, I'm for Moses. And people are like, no, I'm for the law of grace. And we have an argument. Okay? Now, what I want to do is step back from that and say, look, there are more significant spiritual laws, the things that overarch everything, that runs as a theme, a thread right through the gospel from the very beginning to the very end. It, it supersedes all of the other minutiae, all of the, the small letters of the Bible. It's like gravity. It's a permanent constant. It's a, a law, laws of states. One's a law of action and one's a law of state, okay? So we'll, we'll get to that. And I was... I was why this came up as a, like as a theme for our, our message today, I was reading in the uh, book of Romans lately, and, um, and I, I read the verse, Romans 8, 1 to 2. It says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. And that just jumped off the page to me. I'm going, this isn't just like ideas, just constructs, like, you know, things that people talk about. It's a law. It's like it works in all situations, under all conditions, regardless of whether I'm aware of it or not. It's there. It's permanent. And it impacts on my life. I'm like, I should probably be aware of this. I should probably try and understand this because I, I, I found when I put the word law around it, it sort of crystallized it into something that I thought... That really matters. That really matters. God has a theme here that he wants us to understand, this, this law of the spirit of life and this law of sin and death. Um, back, back on the, um, the, the physics side of things, some laws are, are laws of states, as in this is just a constant. Like gravity, it always applies, okay? Um, others are laws of action. You know, Newton's second law of, of mechanics says for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And it's basically until something happens, nothing happens, okay? So just 
bear with me. The first one we're going to talk about is, is, is a law of a state. It's just the law of sin and death. It applies to all of us. Now, if you've been around church circles for a while, you, read me, might be prone to this little thing called self-righteousness, which goes a bit like this. Yes, well, those people are dirty, rotten sinners, but I'm fine because X, Y, Z. The Israelites had this. I'm a children of Abra- a child of Abraham. I'm not like those people, you know, or I've gone to church my whole life. I'm not like those people. But the Bible is really clear. The law of sin and death applies irrespective of where you are or who you came from or, or you know, what state of mind, what side of the bed you woke up in the morning. It's just a fact, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll go back to the very beginning of it, and this is the very beginning of the, the pronunciation of the law of sin and death. God's saying, talking to Adam, and he says, And the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of that, you will certainly die. You'll certainly die. And just for context, the law of uh, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was an understanding of right and wrong. It's that mental wrestle that we have between, am I doing the right thing or am I doing the wrong thing? Or that's a wrong thing that I really want to do. No, I'll do the right thing. You know, as we get dragged into the wrong thing again. In the New Testament, um, Paul talks about this. It's in Romans 5.12. He says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, through Adam, and death through sin, in this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. And um, I don't know, when, when, when you read those words, you go, surely not I, Lord. You know, surely not me. This doesn't apply to me, you know. And... Um, I'm laboring the point a little because it's really important for us to understand and accept our sinfulness, our need of a saviour, our state of regardless of what I do and what I haven't done, I am in a state of sin. It's my nature. My natural position is a sin nature, you know, and, and I can't escape that. It's just when I'm in this world, that's what I get. Romans 7, the whole chapter is brilliant on this, but it goes through this. It says, um, um, so I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? I had to leave this bit in here. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the good news. That's the gospel right there. Okay. The, the good news of Jesus is we need a savior. And regardless of whether you know it or appreciate it or not, whether you um, said, yeah, well, I went up to the front of the church once, Every day of our lives, we need to be conscious of His saving work, His saving in our lives. Because while we're living on this earth, we still have a sin nature, you know. We are made new, but we can thank God for His saving every single day. So that's the law of sin and death. Um, and it's, it's, it's that constant, 
it's that permanent fact about us. And, um, you know, um, sometimes it's, um, you, you see this probably more in people who've, who've, who wrestle with, you know, addiction or alcoholism or drugs or whatever you might see. Um, the first step in, in programs that deal with these things say, we admitted that we were powerless over X and that our lives had become unmanageable. If your life is just wonderful and peachy and roses and you never have any challenges in your life, you probably haven't thought about this, but if you've hit rock bottom in your life, you've had to come to a place where you go, this is unmanageable for me. I have to admit that I am a sinner, that I need a saviour, that I've come to that place of recognition in my life that without him, I have got nothing, okay? So... And, and this, is, this can be often in, in any area of our life. Your life might be great mostly, but sometimes there's a part of our life where the law of sin and death's working and we go, huh, I'm probably not recognizing that in that area of my life. Could be my attitude, could be pride, could be unforgiveness, could be bitterness. There's a, a bit of the law of sin and death at work over there and I need to acknowledge that, hmm, that thing is just pervasive. It's a state and it just wants to wreck things for me. But if we acknowledge it, I mean, this is, this is the human condition, okay? This is not a, an attack. It's not a put-down. It's not a, like, you dirty, rotten sinners. It's a, an admission of, for all of us. This is how we are. We inherited this, this, is a, this is, it's the disease model. We inherited this condition from Adam as our ancestor. And so, what are we going to do about this state that we're in? You know, it's like, it's like raging against gravity. It's not going to help you very much, you know? You can, like... Gravity, or, 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 or even better, those people who are gravity deniers. Ever met any one of those? You know, that both feet firmly planted in the air, you know? <laughs> you could say, oh, it doesn't apply. I said, well, there's no such thing as gravity. It's just the earth that sucks, you know? But, you know, if you took that view, it's not going to change the state of fact for you, you know? <laughs> so when we accept this, there's a tremendous actually sense of freedom that comes about because we realize that it's not me, as Paul said, it's the sin in me. That's my condition, okay? So just when we get to that point, we go, oh, God, I can take the load off. I can take the load off and accept that's the law of sin and death, and it applies to, to all humans, including me. And that's a great sort of antidote to that self-righteousness that I mentioned earlier, you know, particularly for those, those kids who grew up in church, which you may or may not be one of. You know, where we go, oh, well, no, 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 I've, I've got my life sorted out, you know. No, it applies universally. So, that's the first one, a law of state. The next one is the law of the spirit of life. If we go back to our, our starting scripture there. Um, there, oh, hang on. Um, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. One's a, one's a state, I'm in the state of sin and death, the other one is, is, a, is a law of action. It's powerful. It's an acting law. It sets me free from the law of sin and death. So I'm going, well, what is this law of the spirit of life? I want to know about that because it's powerful, because it's revolutionary. It's going to change my life. It's going to change every part of my life, you know? Any part of your life that you go, yeah, my finances, they could use some spirit of life in them. You know, my credit card bill, it could use some spirit of life in it. You know, my attitude towards my boss, that could use a spirit of life. My, my road rage could use a spirit of life. It could use some of that, you know. My resentments towards me having to mow the lawn when the grass keeps growing, maybe that could use a bit of the spirit of, the spirit of life. So I'm just saying, it's, it's universal. Like, just in the same way that 
the law of sin and death can apply to every area of our lives, we can go, oh, I want to be saved in all of me, every part of me, not just, you know, I went out to the front of the church once, say a prayer, and I'm good now, mate, okay? So Jesus really lays this down beautifully. He says, and this is him in, in John 6, uh, 63, the whole church is brilliant. I would have read the whole thing, but, you know, uh, go home, that's your homework. Read John 6, it's brilliant. And, and he says, the Spirit alone gives eternal life. It's from him. Human effort accomplishes nothing. The very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Let's get a revelation of that. It's God's words to us. They are life. That's where life comes into us when we, when we expose ourselves to God's words and, and, and read it and feed on it and receive his word. You know, it be- brings life. It brings life into every part of our, of our, of our being, you know. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's more. Ooh, I, I love this. Romans 5, 17 to 19. For if by the trespass of one man, Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Come on. <laughs> You'll reign in life through Jesus. That's not just like, when I die, I go to heaven, but through the rest of my life, it just sucks. No, it's like through the whole of life, we reign. That's the position he's given to us through Jesus, a position of authority, a position of of, um, stateliness. The, the, The crown sits on you. You walk through life with the crown, a crown of righteousness. You know, you're not, you're not beneath, you're above because of the spirit of, of the gift of righteousness that God's given you, you know? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Just as though through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so through, so through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. You know, you've been made righteous through Jesus. That law is available to you. It's there. It's, it's, it's accessible. Now, it is a law of action. It's not like a law of a state. You know, how do we tap into that? Oh, that's not it. That's another. There we go. This the, <laughs> we tap into God's righteousness through faith. Through grace. It's by grace through faith. It's given to us. It's a gift. You notice that the previous one, it was a gift. It wasn't something that we earned. It wasn't, Jesus himself said, human effort does nothing. You know, it's by believing. Okay. And then, then he goes on and says, you know, the same chapter. He says, Jesus told them, the only work God wants from you, believe in the one he sent. Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Romans says the same thing. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We'll be saved. Okay, so this this is something that we can apply to every part of our life, believing for God's goodness, his salvation in our life, believing for God's goodness and salvation in respect to your mortgage. I got a big mortgage. I want God's blessing and his favor on my mortgage. <laughs> you know, I want God's blessing and favor on, on, on my car so I don't prang it, you know. I want God's blessing and favor on my health, on your health, on my kids' health, on my dog's health. 
you know? I believe that Jesus came to, to give us life and life more abundantly. John 10, 10 says that, you know? The thief comes to steal and destroy. Steal, kill and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. That is the law of the spirit of life. It comes from God. There's no other substitute. There's no action or effort in yourself that you can do other than the work of believing. Now, I'm, I'm fascinated because there's only really two things that God tells us to do. Like, like he, there's many, many things, but when he says, this is the work of God, to believe in the one he sent, you know, he also, in the previous message I spoke, he said, you know, strive to enter into my rest. Both of those things, resp- uh, you know, belief, just believe. It's not like you can run around 100 laps of believing. It's a state of in your heart, isn't it? Same with rest. You know, it's, it's a state of our body, but it starts in the state of, of our heart and our mind. When I'm going to rest, I go, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop wrestling. I'm going to stop wrestling with, with sin or, or with, with your frustrations or with resentments or unforgiveness. And I'm going to start believing that God has the answers, that he's blessed you, that his life flows through you. And we receive that by faith. It's as simple as that. But I'm, I'm, I just always keep coming back to the, how do we do this work of believing? How do we do it? Well, it's, it's like taking a meal, really, isn't it? You know, if, unless you ruminate on the goodness of God, unless you, you take that time to feed yourself and feed belief, feed faith in your life, it becomes kind of a back burner issue, doesn't it? It's kind of like, eh, I'm just busy doing whatever. And then we find ourselves, we look around and we go, well, hang on bit of the law of sin and death sticking up, sticking its head up above the parapet, you know. Um, you know, the Bible talks about us who are being saved. You know, while we're still on this green earth, we're still in the physical body. So we're still subject to the law of sin and death until we, we die. And Jesus was the firstborn of all creation, is resurrected. He's not subject to the law of sin and death at all because, you know, he has died and been raised to life. You know, I, I love the fact that, um, you know, Jesus paid the penalty for all of our sin, but then he rose to life. That's very important, you know. The, Isaiah says, you know, um, the penalty that brought us peace was on him, you know. And um, that's like, if you've ever had an in, your inner critic criticizing you for something you've just done, uh, did that wrong, didn't you? Uh, loser, uh, why can't you get this together? Uh, you know, why are you so angry? Uh, why are you so bitter? Well, why are you so frustrated? You know, that's the punishment, right? The only way to shut that guy up is for him to die. <laughs> Jesus died for us. He took the punishment that our inner critic wants to meet out on us. He really did. He really did. Our inner critic would, would, would kill us if, it could, if he could. And some people do. That's a sad reality that some people listen to that voice, listen to that voice and said, the only way to be free of this is to end it all, you know, which is very sad, you know. And, and if you know people in that situation, my heart really goes out to you. What is so beautiful and wonderful is that Jesus has paid for that. He's died in our place to set us free from that. And, um, but, but much more, he was raised to life. You know, he was bigger than death. He was bigger than, you know, remember this, Jesus is bigger than all your sin. He really is. You know, anyone who says, oh, you know, oh, God can't save me. I'm going, look, 
you're more sinful than the whole world? Eh, I'm struggling with that. <laughs> no, you're not. Jesus is bigger than that. He's bigger. He's bigger than whatever problem you face. He, he's, he's bigger than your fears. He's bigger than your worry. He's bigger than your depression. He's bigger than your health issues. He's, he's bigger than the crisis in your family. He's bigger than the struggles that your kids are facing. He's bigger than that. He's able to save. He's not, uh, God is not weak that he cannot save. He's not far away, but he's close. He's near us. He's in our mouth. He's in our heart when we confess, when we say, God, you're so good. I believe in you. All the songs we sing here are such songs of declaration of God's goodness. You know, we, we really work when we pick songs here to be songs that just declare the love of God, declare God's goodness, declare Jesus' finished work in our lives because that's the only way that we're going to really see that law of the spirit of life at work, repeating and saying again, saying again what God said about us, saying again that he has saved us, saving, saying again that he has healed us, saying again that he's restored us, you know. So um, about, to, about to wrap it up here, I guess, but I just want to really encourage you that for, this is not just a, you know, I'm, not, I'm saved, so I'm not going to hell, but now the rest of my life is hell, you know. No, God wants to make our whole life beautiful, you know, in, in, in every way. It doesn't say, the Bible says, in this life we will have struggles. <laughs> it doesn't say it's a bed of roses. Jesus said that specifically. In this life you'll have struggles, but don't worry, I've overcome the world. I've overcome. So whatever you're facing, go, God, you've overcome. You've overcome this. Anything that's facing me, Jesus has already overcome it. He really has. Anything that's facing you, in our workplace, you know, there's often so much tension and strife in our workplaces, um, colleagues, co-workers, you know, customers causing strife, causing tension, you know, the frustrations rise. Jesus has overcome workplaces. <laughs> you know, he, he's bigger than our customers. He's bigger than our bosses. And, and he's able to carry those burdens for us. So why don't we pray? And if our, our creative team wants to come back. Lord God, I just want to thank you for your law of the spirit of life that has set us free from the law of sin and death. And we thank you for that freedom that you give. Thank you.